Hi, and welcome to Good Change Conversations with myself, Christy Hunter, and Stina Smith. We're here to inspire everyday people to do good things. Good changes come in all shapes and sizes in the form of products, mindsets, routines, and more. Each episode, we're going to introduce you to small changes that will help you and the environment. We hope you take away at least one of these and change for the better. In the wise words of Elvis Presley, clean up your own backyard first and then the world's. Focus on the small changes. Don't try to do everything perfectly. Just little bits, one step at a time. Nicola Turner is a mother, author, and behavior changer working with businesses and individuals to make sustainability easy, normal, and feel good. Nick's fascination with human behavior and consumption began after a successful 15-year career in the global world of fast-moving consumer goods. She now runs a social enterprise called Mainstream Green, leveraging her corporate insights to create a movement where people are more mindful of how they consume and the impact that they have. Through regular media appearances, events, and content creation, Nick shows a version of sustainability that we can all relate to, a version that's better for our own well-being and the well-being of the planet, and that inspires change in organizations and communities. We welcome Nicola wholeheartedly today and what her organization, Mainstream Green, is doing to make sustainability easy for individuals and organizations. So welcome, Nicola. Thanks so much for having me. I'm stoked to be here. So Nick, we see some words that bring a real sense of absolute comfort to me, and I think the standard consumer as well. It says, and I quote, mainstream green, making sustainability easy, normal, and feel good. Can you tell us a little bit about what this actually means? Oh, I'm so stoked that you find comfort in it. That's really nice to hear. You play around with these words and things for so long, so thank you for that. Yeah, look, for me, I think there's a really common misconception that sustainability, being more sustainable, is going to be time-consuming or hard work or going to compromise the way we live or the way we do business. I believe that if we put the right mindset or the right lens over sustainability and think about it and approach it in ways that work for us, it can be really easy and that can become really normalised. I'm just imagining if there are a whole lot of leaders out there like you with all these sort of teams of people or communities underneath, how powerful that could be. Yeah, the ripple effect of change, right? Yeah. Like it's, yeah, it's just so easy to see sustainability as this big other thing that we'll do when we have time or resource or, and it just doesn't have to be that way. Yeah, it's a little bit like wanting to eat organic or cook plant-based and you think, oh, I'd love to be one of those, but it just seems really difficult. <laughs> yeah, it's that whole eating the elephant, right? Just yeah. uh, one bite at a time. Yeah, mm. exactly. Um, So you talk about empowering people and organizations to become more intentional about how we consume and the impact that we create. Tell us a little bit about how you do this. Mm, So there's sort of three prongs to my social enterprise. One is I work with councils. So a lot of that is in the consulting space. It's doing project management. It might be creating and delivering campaigns. It might be delivering events and education. I work with businesses and predominantly that is in the public speaking space. So going in and delivering speaking events, either under the guise of sustainability, employee well-being, or maybe as a keynote speaker for their conference. And then I do 
general public facing stuff. So that might be, I had a book come out last year, or I do lots of live events, or I create a lot of online courses. So the lens I always throw out, there's kind of three parts to it. The first one is always sharing my story. I haven't always been sustainable, quite the opposite, actually. My lifestyle and what I do for a living has pretty much done a 180. In my previous life, I spent about 15 years working in the in the FMCG industry where my job was to understand shopper behavior in the supermarket environment. So how we all think and behave as, as shoppers and then using that insight to orchestrate things to get us to buy and consume more. The last 12 years has been a personal journey for me, understanding human behavior as a way to encourage myself and other people to consume less. So it's very much been this kind of paradigm shift, I guess. So I I share that story on the basis of helping people understand that just because you don't feel like you're sustainable or, you know, have that mindset that there's a journey that you can take that's really, really rewarding. So I spend a lot of, you know, often I'll share that story. The second thing I do is the area that I work in now is called behavior change. So I will give people in various ways tools to actually change their behavior when it comes to sustainability. So as humans, knowing we want to do something doesn't necessarily mean we do it. And so the examples that I use in that space might be exercise or nutrition or sleep. We all broadly know what we should be doing, but that doesn't mean we do it, right? So I put that lens of behavior change over everything that I do, helping give people a bit of a toolkit of ways to approach that either as themselves or within organizations or influencing other people. At Good Change Store, we have designed beautiful and sustainable cloths for your home. They began as a vehicle to help lead social change. We are here to inspire and help people make small changes for a better world. Start with your kitchen and clean with prettier cloths that care about your bench as well as the environment. And do you think those behaviour changes, the older you are, it's harder to shift those habit changes? That's an interesting question. You know, if you educate the youth Mm. and then they're sitting around the dinner table and they talk to their family and they're just brought up on that whole thing of sustainability. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a really good question. And that's why I focus a lot on behaviour change and make sure I'm giving people tools to do it because I think a big part of it is understanding and having an approach to change your behaviour because if it's just a case of I want to do this, so... Change has to be really, really easy. And also we have to be motivated to change. I'll give a really simple example of I wanted my family to start composting more. So I put a compost bucket under the sink. Everybody's going to start composting if I put a compost bucket under the sink, right? Nobody did because it was too hard. And it sounds ridiculous, but this is the reality of being human. So when you put a behavior change lens over it, go, okay, well, that, how do I make that good behavior the easiest thing to do? So I'll put that. The good behaviour is by far the easiest behaviour. And do you think, though, if you do the education piece around it of what the composting benefits are and take the kids out into the garden and show them the nutrients of the soil and the rejuvenation, um, do you think that if you educate them, then they have a bit more buy-in into the whole topic? Absolutely. And if you have the bandwidth and the space to educate and give people the why, then Absolutely. To just go start composting and people are like, well, why? When people don't know the fact that if we throw a banana skin into a landfill, it doesn't break down in the way that it normally would. It breaks down in an anaerobic environment, which means that it creates methane, an extremely powerful greenhouse gas. You know, the alternative is turning it into a compo- into compost, which is an extremely rich resource. If there is a way to bring people on that journey and help them understand the why and the context, then I think that is really important. Yeah, amazing. Mm. Wow. Um, just back to more sort of 
broad-based sustainability and habit changing. We recently interviewed Brianne West, the founder of the shampoo bar company Etique down in Christchurch, and she had these really wise words that I just wanted to mention here. She said, the way to change the world is to do business for good. Business for good is driven by consumers demanding better. So just in terms, it shows that the future is in our hands. And if we just all come together and demand better, what do you think about this comment? Mm. Oh, Brianne's amazing. And that's so cool. We've had her on the podcast. She's just achieved such awesome stuff. And I wholeheartedly agree. I think given my previous life in FMCG, working with some pretty big brands and pretty big organizations, it's really easy to feel like as consumers, the power does not sit with us. Whereas when I was working kind of inside these big brands and these big organizations, we always kind of felt like it was the other way. We felt like the power was with the consumer. If people aren't picking up your brands, then, you know, that's not what success looks like. So we were constantly trying to come up with ways to understand what consumers wanted. And you guys will know being in the business that you're in and even in the business I'm in as a service provider, feedback from our customers and our clients in terms of what they really like about what we do or the products that we sell changed is one of the most valuable things we can have. So putting sort of a consumer hat on as consumers or customers or whatever we want to, we do have so much power. And the challenge is how do we voice that? I really encourage all of us to get better at communicating with brands and with companies. And I'm not just talking about what they should do better, but also celebrating what they do well. It's actually messaging them on social media pages or sending them an email. Likewise, if they're doing something that you really love, having that conversation as well, either in the virtual world or in real life, if you're going into a store or dealing directly with that brand or product. Even though, you know, you might be one person, if they are starting to see a trend, you know, if there are more and more of their customers or followers reaching out and saying the same things, then they will. So you've created a really great initiative and I, it's almost a topic for another whole podcast. So we'll just touch on it briefly. Um, and it's around setting up hot composting bins. Can you tell us a little bit about this? Mm, so this really focus areas is one of the things that really irks me <laughs> is food waste. It's a really big deal. And as I sort of alluded to before, there's not a heap of understanding around the fact that if we throw food waste away, clearly there's no such places away, it will normally go to a landfill. And a landfill is this weird anaerobic environment where everything's pushed down really tightly and not a lot of air gets in there and so things don't break down the way. But then there's also the fact that a lot of the food that is going to waste is edible food could have been eaten. And we know we have food security issues as well, right? So that seems crazy. And then also when we throw things away, it's not just what we see that we're throwing away. It's everything that came before, right? So if we think about a banana, for a banana to arrive in our kitchen in New Zealand, it's had to, a whole lot of water has had to go in to grow that. A whole lot of pesticides have probably gone into, and fertilizers have gone into grow that. A whole lot of labor and time a whole lot of transport emissions because it's had to get halfway around the world to us. You know, if we use New Zealand as an example, there's all of that embedded impact in that banana before it even arrives at our house. Then we buy a bunch of three bananas and arguably one of those bananas goes in the rubbish bin. So all of that, there's so much. (laughs) Good Change Eco Cloths are fully compostable in your home garden after six to nine months of use. They are lint and streak free, have the absorbency of 15 paper towels, 
And most importantly, don't smell. Available from your local supermarket or online at www.goodchangestore.com. Help support good changes in New Zealand homes with Good Change EcoCloths. A lot of the increasing food prices actually makes the whole case a whole lot worse. Absolutely, absolutely. And there was some, there's a really amazing organisation. There's a few of them across the globe and we have one in New Zealand and there's a UK version called Love Food, Hate Waste. They've got lots of amazing statistics around food waste and I think it was 500, on average, New Zealand households throw away $563, I think it is, worth of edible food every year. Those statistics are a little bit old and as you say, the price of food now, it just seems crazy, right, that we're throwing away all of this value, but often in a hole in the ground in a way that creates a significant emissions footprint. So one of the most powerful things we can do when it comes to food waste is just to reduce the amount of food that we waste. And there's lots of ways we can do that. And Love Food Hate Waste is a great place for inspiration, but it can be just buying better, shopping to a list. It's using up the food that we have more. Some of the most commonly wasted items are things like bread. The really simple things like getting better at using our leftovers in our house one night a week is a leftover night. It's normally pizza. And so how do we get better at using the food that we have? But then underneath that is we're always going to have some element of food waste, or it's probably better to call it food scraps. There's always going to be some element of food scraps. So composting, worm farming, all of those choices are obviously the best thing we can do and then turn it into a resource to grow more food. So I see composting as just such a powerful thing to be able to do. One, to obviously reduce that food waste going to landfill, but also to create a resource that we can then grow really healthy kai in on a localised level. So I would love to see my vision for New Zealand is to see localised composting hubs all over the country where people can drop off their compost, it can be turned into a resource and, and grow more healthy food. My way of doing that is getting a hot composting hub set up at my children's primary school. So we got some funding. That funding was through the Ministry for the Environment Sustainability Funding, got some funding for these amazing hot compost bins. Compost bins of a design and scale that there'll be so much microbial activity in the compost piles that they can get up to a really hot temperature, normally somewhere between that 50 and 60 degrees. And so they break down everything in a really fast way. So we've got the bins and the schools composting all their food scraps, but then I'm working on, well, how do we get more community a really interesting challenge from a behavior change point of view because there's so many wins from composting, but it's quite a hard behavior to get people. I was just thinking that, you yeah, know, you've got to get the buy-in from every individual. You, you know, there's got to be somebody that leads it in a school, for example, and mm. just drives that whole change. Mm. Do you go through yeah. Enviro schools as a, a passage? Yeah, I mean, and they do a lot yeah. in composting space as well, which is, is really, really cool. For the one that we're doing at our school, we're not working with Enviro schools, but they do a lot of fabulous work in, in the space and they're really active in our region. So, yeah. yeah. Very inspiring. Um, so you've talked about in the past applying a lens of behaviour change to make it as easy as possible to get involved. How do you do this? Yeah, so in regard to the composting yeah. initiative, so the aim obviously being to get as many, these bins have massive capacity so they can cope with lots and lots of waste. So our aim is to go, how do we get as many households within the local community? We are doing a few pilots. One is that there's drop-off bins at the school gate. So they're right at the school gate. 
there's two bins there. One is a drop-off bin for your food scraps and one is a bin full of shredded carbon because you need a mixture of carbon with your compost. People come in, they're right at the gate so that you don't have to come all the way into school or the kids can just get dropped off in the car if that's the way they're coming to school and throw them in the bin and then grab a, a handful of carbon and throw it but on top. The bin's beautiful, so that was a big part of it as well. So we had some old shabby wheelie bins lying around school and I'm working on getting them designed up in a way that they're really beautiful and attractive and they stand out so that people are drawn to them. So when I think about behavior change, there's a few different kind of frameworks I use, but one that's really easy to think about is this concept of friction and fuel. So when we're thinking about asking people to change their behavior, in this instance, composting, how do we reduce friction or how do we increase fuel? So reducing friction is all about making the change as easy as possible. Increasing fuel is all about how do we make the change as attractive or feel as good as possible. Right, so if I apply that lens over this composting initiative, we want as many people as possible within the local community to start bringing their compost. Okay, cool. How do we reduce friction in terms of how do we make that as easy as possible? If they're bringing their compost, what's going to be the easiest way to bring it and drop it off? So the drop-off point is not in the middle of the school next to the compost bins. It's right by the gate. When we first started looking at it, we like, maybe we have a drop-off day, like it's Wednesday for compost drop-off day. No, that's going to make it too hard to remember, right? So actually we need to have it every day. We need to make the bins really easy to open, And we don't want the bins to be stinky because then people are going to want to do it. And then also I'm trialing having this hub at my house as well because, again, that makes it really easy for my neighbours. So it's all about kind of going, what are the possible barriers or what are the possible points of friction that could stop people doing this and how do we overcome them? Good change, bamboo reusable towels. The perfect alternative to a single-use paper towel or the blue synthetic rolls that stay on the planet forever. Use, wash and reuse up to 85 times, then compost them in your home and send them back to nature. Available from your local supermarket or online at www.goodchangestore.com. Help support good changes in New Zealand homes with Good Change Bamboo Towels. Lovely, amazing information there. If you come across a principal in a school that just doesn't, you can't get the buy-in from that principal, mm. do you sort of go through other avenues to hunt for the person that's the going to be, become your advocate or how does that work? For me, it's also understanding well, what does motivate people. So maybe a compost bin doesn't motivate the principal, but maybe being the first school in the region to have this community composting hub that we can get in the local paper maybe that's what drives them right so for me my aim if I'm trying to get people on a journey of change is to understand what their why what motivates them which is that fuel part right what's going to make change feel good for them what's going to motivate them what's going to make this attractive for them how do I wrap that lens of fuel over it I'm all about going where the energy is. And if the energy's not there or I can't find it, then I'll go somewhere else for sure. But I will that's often what I'll try to do, coming back to that principle of frictional fuel. Oh, so inspired. I need to get you into our school, our local school to But also that principle of friction fuel is the same in everything, right? Even in, in what you guys are doing and providing a product. It's all about how do you make it as easy as possible yeah. for people to switch to a better choice. Yeah, ours is all about habit changing as well. So, yeah. yeah. Um, on a more personal note, what are the things that you do personally at home to be more sustainable? 
Yeah, so my journey of change, how we've kind of gone on that journey in our household is to really question every aspect of our consumption. Because when you really really sort of boil it down, how and what we consume, the clothes we wear or the food we eat or the electricity we use or the way we get around or the manufacturing that goes into the things that we buy or the waste that we create, how and what we consume is our impact on the world around us. And then going wherever we are, how do we do a little bit better, right? So it's not about being perfect, but it's kind of been this journey of kind of, so yeah, it started with a lot of those changes kind of in the kitchen going, okay, huh, we're buying and consuming cling film. That doesn't feel great. You know, that's creating quite a lot of waste. Is there a better choice that we can make? So I started off by moving to beeswax wraps and, you know, now we predominantly just have a massive drawer full of reusable containers and, you know, configure those in different ways. And for us, it started off with, you know, those day-to-day products that we were buying or using in the home, and then it moved on to our broader relationship with stuff as well, so all of that other stuff in our life be that. And did your husband come on the journey with you right from the outset, or did it take him a little bit of time to step up? It was definitely me leading the charge, for sure. And again, going back to that comment about a big part of it is understanding people's why and what motivates them. It's been a big game changer in how I approach change as well in terms of my husband wants to do the right thing and I believe most people inherently do. But a big motivator for him is I know change is not going to stick if it's going to take more time. And it's the same for me, to be honest. So anytime we're kind of tackling a change, it's all about... I have to find a way to do this that's better or that's lighter on the planet, but that doesn't take a heap more time or money. You know, those are kind of our our two things. So if it's going to take more time, if I can position changes in that way or he can position changes in that way to me, then I know that we're both going to be on board and I know that those changes are going to stick. I think it's about not beating yourself up if you're not perfect. We talk about, I feel like I've broken down record with this, but. I was talking to Brienne about this the other day. You know, don't try and do a whole lot of massive changes and and then feel like you're failing and searching for perfection, but you're actually failing. Absolutely. I think, you know, that's it's a quote that I love, which is don't let perfect be the enemy of good, because I think that's really important. And we do see that a lot in all facets of life, but particularly in sustainability, I think, yeah. as well. Yeah. As it's No. I mean, imagine if everybody focused on just doing things a little bit better. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, thank you so much for coming in today, Nick. Um, Just loved the whole idea of how you can communicate with brands, celebrating the good and giving feedback on the bad. Um, Also, the food waste, that was super fascinating. I'm definitely going to go home and put all my scraps into a soup or something like that tonight. Um, Encouraging just a standard person in schools to be the driver behind the likes of putting a a non-smelly composting bin at the front of their school that actually looks pretty. I don't know if you could get some sort of graffiti artist to put a really nice design on it or something. Um, and what you can do to be a little bit better. And just as a side note, we feel very excited to learn these little facts about bananas. We just didn't know the journey of a banana. <laughs> so thank you for coming in. We really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for listening to our Good Change Conversations. We hope you are walking away feeling excited and inspired by those doing good things. Keep coming back. We have so much more we want to tell you.